Welcome to episode 17 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage, and I'm a wedding photographer too. Today I'm really excited to have the fab Eve Siepers with us. Based in Belgium, Eve recently won seven Reportage Awards in a single round, which is an incredible achievement. And he shares so much with us today, including the importance and power of networking, a time in his life when he suffered from depression, the importance of empathy and being client-focused, Belgian fries, what drives him to enter awards and associations in general, and so much more. Hey Eve, how you doing? Hey Alan, I'm fine, thank you. Seeing in the sun right now, so... Couldn't be oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, is it nice weather where you are? You're in because you're in Belgium, aren't you? Yeah, and uh, it's not always grey and cold and rainy here. It's sometimes uh, the sun is out, so I'm happy. That, that is a good day. It's quite nice here as well, actually, which is very good. You know, I've never been to Belgium. I need to go. You definitely need to go. It's the epicenter of uh, Belgian fries, chocolate beers, and good photographers, I guess. No. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that, actually, because there does seem to be so many great Belgian wedding photographers. Do they, like, teach you wedding photography from the age of six or something? <laughs> no, we just teach each other. I think that's, uh, I think that's, uh, um, I think that's one of the reasons, actually, and, and it's not a joke. I think, uh, like, Belgium, you can divide it in, like, two parts. You have the Flemish part and you have the, the French-speaking part. Um and I think obviously the Flemish and the French speaking part, they just stick together a bit more. Um, um, and like, if you then take Flanders, it's like really small. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I drive for, let's say, one and a half hours, I can drive from um, east to west. So, oh, right. okay. you know, um, and, you know, that means that, that the community of wedding photographers here is quite close knit. Uh, everybody kind of knows everyone and it's very easy to meet up and to, you know, drop by each other. And I think that, you know, that networking bit really, um, in, like um yeah improves it, and and like strengthens um our community and 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 our our craft actually yeah yeah that's cool that's something i was going to ask you about actually because networking is quite a hot topic we haven't really spoken about it on the podcast so <laughs> yeah i guess so that's uh, do you think that's a major reason why belgium wedding photographers are doing so well is that you have such a close network i think so and actually it's also actually the reason I started off being a wedding photographer <laughs> because, oh, really? you know, um, I think before I shot my first wedding, I was introduced to a whole bunch of uh, wedding photographers and, and that, you know, the, the, the great atmosphere and, and the friendships that, that, that I developed through um, in that community just like pushed me towards being like a professional wedding photographer myself because I was introduced by uh, Dries Ranglet, um, a good friend of mine, uh, and he introduced me to a bunch of people and it was, yeah, like I said, so much fun. Um, and I was shooting some, some, some photography on the side, but I wasn't doing anything serious with it. Um, and then I, I I saw this this bunch of, of people having fun, um, doing creative stuff, and it just um, yeah it just inspired me to try and and pursue the same thing. 
and yeah, I, I knew like 30 photographers before I even shot my first wedding. So that's, <laughs> uh, and then you have like, um, you know, in regards to what a network can, can, can give you or, you know, you share, um, you share knowledge, you know, you share jobs, you know, I, I think in 2014, it was my first real year as a wedding photographer. Um, and I launched my website, one that I built myself with a crappy template I, I, I bought somewhere online. Um, I think I launched it in November, December 2013, but I, I booked 26 weddings in 2014. Wow. And it's not because, you know, I was a great wedding photographer. It, it was just because, you know, everybody knew my schedule was empty and they had double bookings or they, are, they had um, um, their schedule was full. So they were like transferring jobs to me. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's, it's also why I always say to people that ask me about the wedding photography community, it's like, I think it's a common thing to say that, that we're not, you know, I don't see them as competition, but just mm. as colleagues and friends. And, um, I think that's the real strength of, uh, of such a community. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. It's such a friendly scene as well, isn't it? Mm. Before before I got into wedding photography, I thought it, you know, everybody would be really guarded and uh, holding on to their kind of trade secrets. But everyone seems to be so open. It's it's really lovely. Yeah, indeed. And it's one of the best things about going to workshops and conferences. I think is the networking and meeting other photographers. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, that's why I I started out with going to conferences. Uh, of uh, the fearless conferences actually mm. um, and it just blew my mind um not only the, the the speakers i saw on stage then it was i think the first time i went was in 2014 in amsterdam uh but it was also like yeah meeting all all kinds of photographers that that tackle wedding photography in their own way and have their own mm. style and yeah it's it's so awesome to know that um you know instead of working somewhere in an office in Brussels and you have your colleagues sitting 10 meters from you, you have colleagues all over the world. Mm, that's like, so cool. Yeah, you can visit them. And, you know, I, we went, I shot a wedding in San Francisco, I think in, uh, in, in 2000, uh, <laughs> 2018 of right. Sarah. And that's a photographer. Also, she's also a wedding photographer. Um, oh, cool. And she, I met her at a conference in Romania, a fearless conference. And um, then, you know, we kept in touch and she asked me to be a wedding photographer. And when I was there, I stayed at her place and I, I hooked up with some other photographers I know, uh, I knew along the road. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it's a very cool industry that way. And talking of fellow wedding photographers, you recently, well, it was about a year ago or so now, was it? You recently shot fellow TIR member Linda Baurisius's wedding, um, yeah. which she spoke about on, on her podcast episode as well. How was that for you? Did, did you feel extra pressure shooting for another wedding photographer? Was she a good client? <laughs> uh yeah she was she was the best client i ever had um, <laughs> no really it was it was you know i i also shot philip swigger's wedding oh at, did you oh wow yeah and 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 i shot annalise gaia she's also a, a wedding photographer from belgium i shot her wedding i i i did a couple and um it's on the one hand 
it um, like it pushes me on the edge, like mm. it, uh, adrenaline flows, and actually, um, I think that's the the state of mind that I that I perform the best in that kind of state of mind when when I'm under pressure. But on the other hand, they just you know they're just um, people. Um, they know how the wedding photography you know how how to be a wedding photographer and they know um they just let you be you and just you know they always like just do you and they don't they don't have extra i don't know rules they they don't want you to do this and that they just trust you because apart from being friends they know what you you can do and I think the level of trust they give you is often even higher than the level of trust that clients that are not in the business give you. And so it's on the one hand, it's pressure, but on the other hand, they also give you more freedom. Um, and, you know, you can experiment more and, and be more creative uh, that you don't really have to do the classics. Um, and Linda's wedding in particular, I shot it with uh, Dries um, as a second photographer um and also that's one of the things wedding photographers they know how important it is to have a, a good second with you um so it it uh, I, right from the start gives you more freedom um but it was a great wedding um you know great atmosphere the people were just relaxed and a lot of stuff happened um on the day um and uh, and actually, I was listening to her podcast when I was uh, reviewing my work um, to enter uh, the TRR awards for the first time, actually. Oh, yeah. and, and I was going through the I was going through her wedding while I was listening to her on a podcast. So it was like <laughs> inception. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was amazing, and I I. I, I I think her wedding was one of the stories I entered. So, you know, let's oh, see. Cool. let's find out how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, cool. It's good, good to hear about that. And I guess um, she made sure you were fed as well. Yes, yes, definitely. There's <laughs> nothing, you know, but I also tell all my clients I'm low maintenance, you know. Um, you know, I have water and I have snacks with me. Um the you don't request a five-course meal and to be uh, sat at the top table. And I'm, I'm okay with crew crew meals. Yeah. As long as it's fast and you know, I don't. I can just do my own thing. Um, then I'm then I'm good. I'm good. I, I I'd rather be independent and know when emergency. Uh, when you end up in an emergency situation, you have to run. You know, or I mean, if you have to. You know, something's happening, you know, you can, you know, you're independent, let's say. Yeah, uh, no, that's good. Yeah. Low maintenance as well is always good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was on the subject of food? Let's change tack to that slightly. What What would be your last meal on death row? Maybe I should, maybe I should answer, answer this one with um, French fries because they're actually Belgian. You know, there's a misconception about that. <laughs> oh, really? Is it? Just, I, don't know. I wanted to make, I, I want, wanted to, I want to make it clear to the, to the TRR audience that, that it's Belgian fries. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, no, I would, I would, um, I would choose for a simple, simple mashed potatoes with carrots, like, mashed like mixed together 
okay. don't know how you say it. Is it carrot mashed potatoes? I don't know how you. How yeah, I don't know either. The proper word. For that, but yeah, yeah. You just mash the the potatoes together with 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 the carrots, on one hand, and on the other hand, just sausage. You know, <laughs> just regular sausage actually, and some mayonnaise. Uh, wow, that is low, mate. You are low maintenance, Eve. <laughs> but and I, I kind of, I, I, I kind of stopped that addiction. But I used to eat mayonnaise with everything I could. Oh, really? Okay. Even well, a mayonnaise with um Belgian fries, even. I think it's it's one plus one is three. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I shouldn't even think about that question. It's like they're they're. They were created for each other so uh, <laughs> so do, when you go to mcdonald's do you ask for belgian fries then just fries you know uh, you, okay. you know you don't have to really pronunciate the belgium no, everybody knows fries is okay fries is belgium so. <laughs> that's funny um cool As you touched upon it just a, a little bit earlier um kind of about how you started to get into weddings but i just wondered if you could go a bit more into that because you, you used to be an engineer didn't you i think mm-hmm. yeah so how did you go from that meeting um with Dries, the other wedding photographers how did you go literally from that to then start doing your own weddings oh well um i um i think i bought my first like um dslr in 2010 ish all right okay something like that but it was like a a crop uh, a crop sensor canon 450d oh yeah i yeah. my first was the 500d my very uh, first camera so very similar yeah. you were uh, you were a rich guy then <laughs> <laughs> but um no yeah and I, I bought that one you know just because actually i wanted I, f- you know, there was a, a slight feeling inside of me that I that I was creative, <laughs> but I I couldn't draw, I couldn't play music, I couldn't sing, and I was like, yeah, which kind of tool or medium can I use to try and 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 have an outlet for that creativity? Um, and my father always used to take pictures, but just like just an amateur level, nothing very serious, and and so I I bought. Uh, I bought that that Canon 450D, um, and then I played around with it. I, I I I registered for like a year of evening classes in in some you know in some in some courses. Okay. Um, yeah, and I didn't really learn a lot in in those courses um, because you know everything they 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 teach you theoretically you can just find in any other. Um, photography book, uh, but it, it pushed me to to go out there and shoot, you know, and, and to exercise and to 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 try and try and try and fail and fail and fail. Um, and I think that was the the biggest lesson I got out of it. Um, that was in 2010, and then I didn't touch my camera for two years. <laughs> but um, in the same time, I was living in a kind of community house. So I was living um, in like a house together with different people, you know, just to cut costs. You know, you're young. I was around 25, 26, and I didn't have a girlfriend, didn't, you know, own a house or anything. It was a cheap way and a fun way to, you know, to live together. Yeah. And then I, I looked for a different house because uh, my house made that, that at that time we're going to live together with their girlfriends and stuff. And then I ended up, like by coincidence um at Dries's place 
and with co- coincidence, I mean like my girlfriend at the time and me, we, we were both looking for a different house and we both applied, like kind of <laughs> like applied, it's it's like very official, but uh, <laughs> we both contacted Dries and, and, and his, his roommates and actually uh-huh. we, we came to a, 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 um, a situation that they had to choose either me or her. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, um, they didn't choose eventually and we had to decide, but then we decided that I went on living with Tris and, and, and his, his friends. But, you know, suppose that I, you know, we made the, the, the other decision. Yeah. Choose another house. I don't know where I would have ended up, you know. That's very I, interesting, actually, isn't it? It's like Sliding uh, Doors, the film. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Or they're oh, just one yeah. bit of fate and yeah, your whole life on a different path. Yeah, because I, you know, for 200% sure, I wouldn't have been a wedding photographer if I, I, if I wouldn't have made the decision that I would be the one that, you know, um, <laughs> moved in with him, with them. Um, I wonder if your would... girlfriend would have been a wedding photographer. No, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Dries's per, uh, persuasion was, was that big that, you know, swayed <laughs> her into wedding photography as well. Um, but so you moved uh, in with him? I moved in with him then. And, um, and then, like I told you earlier, like I met a bunch of photographers through him and um, it was so much fun. Um you know, that on the one end, and then the other cliche, uh, a rose. Is that a good? Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, a rose that, um, you know, friends of mine getting married and they, they know you have a camera that is somewhat better than a point and shoot. And they're like, oh, you're a great photographer. Why don't you shoot our wedding? And I was like, uh, excuse me. Um, so, you know, you know, I was living with trees and. And I was like, okay, um, you know, why not just try it? Um, and I tried it, and it, it was fun. But I did all the cliches, you know. <laughs> did I you, yeah. my images in forty-five yeah. degrees. I <laughs> I only shot on f two point eight. Right. I put like a massive grungy filter on all of my pictures. <laughs> like, how how do you like? Um, the post-processing was like a uh, split color of uh, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah all those uh, even even like uh fisheye i you know i uh, i shot it like all the cliches in one and all the little gimmicks in one wedding uh, but they liked it you know and and then you know i i i shot another friend's wedding and then it kind of um, added up to me there was like one turning point. Um, I was sitting in a meeting uh, with in in that company I was working um, with back then, um, and they were discussing. It was like a, um, a company that that was uh, uh, that was into um, uh, freezer storage. You know, okay. they were storing deep. Uh, um, deep frozen vegetables and stuff. Okay, uh, and they were just, Yeah, that was like, that was a time of my life. And <laughs> they, uh, they were discussing uh, prizes, like pallet prizes, you know, instead of 2.5 euros per pallet, they would charge the client 2.35 and it was like a revolutionary idea. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I saw all my life like flashing before my eyes. And at that point I was like, what am I doing here? And I was thinking about like, 
photos and editing and like you know i felt that that was the thing i maybe had to do so i um i quit my job and i just started out you know without having any portfolio and um no website no name no nothing but i saved up some money uh, over the six seven years that i was working as a as an engineer and i had low costs you know because i lived in that kind of co-housing project um so yeah and i gave myself one year just to see how it goes um just see how it, how it would go and you know it, it turned out for the best and yeah i'm still happy that's great <laughs> so, man that's cool yeah. and obviously doing really really well as well um but I, I think you said for the first couple of years shooting weddings, I think you said you used to be a bit embarrassed to let people know that's what you yeah. did. Is that, is that right? Yeah. When did that embarrassment go? No, it was just like um, since I shot that first wedding, every time people asked me about photography, um, my photography, I said like, yeah, but I'm doing this as a temporary thing, yeah. wedding photography. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I try to be commercial photographer, advertising photographer you know wedding photography in belgium also had like a, a negative connotation like yeah. um people like a couple each on their side of the tree like peeping out you know those <laughs> kind of uh, those kind of shots okay. um and um so I, I was always kind of embarrassed and i just like i saw wedding photography actually just as a as a kind of cash cow you know it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of an easy market to enter because you know there's a lot of demand a lot of couples you know wanting wanting to get married and they need all need a photographer and you have all kind of budgets you know from 500 euros a, a wedding to let's say 5000 or more um so it's 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 kind of a, a big market um and uh, so it was easy to enter um and i started as a temporary thing um but mainly because i i was shooting weddings as i thought i should shoot them like shooting the dress shooting the shoes the rings you know all the um, the, the the normal stuff i saw on other photographers websites like the, just like the the, the, the photographers you find in each village, you know, with the sh with the with the window shops and and everything. Um, so I wasn't, you know, I I think it was just because I didn't really find my own thing in the wedding photography. Um, and then as of you know, it all changed in 2016 when I um, registered for um, the foundation workshop, you know, oh, cool. by Fearless um, and. It's um, I reg registered because I wanted to be a better photographer, and you know, only after three days in the five days uh, workshop, I realized uh, it was about stories and telling stories. And I was like, "What stories? What <laughs> stories? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about." Um, so it was a big eye opener, um, and you know, it pushed me like it put me on the right path, but. I've, cool. Who were your? Could you? Do you have one or two mentors on that? Do you? I had two mentors. Um, one was uh, Sergio Lopez. Oh right. Yeah, and he was like, you know, um, it was on the one hand it was Sergio, on the other hand it was Ben Crisman. Oh cool. Okay. Yeah. I I see like those two pairing up. I see Ben Crisman being you know the mind and the ratio and 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 the head of the two and and Sergio more being the heart of the two. You uh, know? Okay. 
um, and but they work together so you know so amazingly um, and and yeah it really had a, a deep impact on on how I you know it put me on the right path but <laughs> actually the, the the struggle only began <laughs> because you know you kind of know and understand where you want to go but then you also you don't you don't have a clue how to get it. <laughs> Um, and it's only since i think last year that i really you know came to peace with you know who i am as a person as a photographer um and kind of have an idea of 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 how i want my photography to be what i want it to be like um yeah so it was i think it was a it was an interesting uh an, in, an interesting adventure until now, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> well, that's cool. Cool. We'll go back to um, your photography in a minute as well. well. Let's change tack again slightly. Um, if you could choose one day in your life to live over and over again, like Groundhog Day. You have seen mm-hmm. Groundhog Day, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, because so many people I've asked this, they've not never seen it, which is it's one of the best films ever, I think. Yeah, and, and, and you know, uh, Bill Murray... Uh, it's yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's, it's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, it. he's brilliant. Um, but if if which day would you live over and over again if you could? Uh, the day I beat you in table tennis. <laughs> That's not happened. <laughs> no, uh, it must be you were drunk then, Alan. I, don't, uh, I was there, you know, and I think other people saw it as well. <laughs> Should check it. Uh, no no true. no it didn't happen yet I'm, I'm, I'm practicing day in day out you know very seriously next year at nine dots i will beat you let's do it let's do it <laughs> um no uh no um which day um well actually the day uh it's maybe a cliche but the day our daughter was born um oh yeah yeah, I think a lot of maybe parents will say that, but it, it's just, uh, it's not only that day, because, you know, obviously that day you're, you're in, or, or maybe the week that you're in the hospital, you're in a kind of bubble. And I love the fact that like everything, like your whole life around you just stops, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't care about the outside world and you're just like, you know, with your family, um, your new family in the yeah. hospital. So you can totally focus on that, but actually, it's like a, a specific moment on on that day. Um, and um, um, actually, Charlotte was born, you know, with a with a C-section. So it's um, it's it's it was a little bit of a different kind of birth, I I, I think. Um, right. Because um, you you have children as well, right? Yes, that's right. Two little ones. Yeah. And they were born just. Like naturally, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. They were luckily, yeah. Okay, no, but but like um, it's 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 strange because you have a you kind of have an appointment, <laughs> right. uh, so it's not that 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 um that you have to go to the hospital once the uh uh what's the name of uh you know the once the process starts. I don't know the name. In, <laughs> oh, I don't know either. You know, I know we know what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but um, so we, we had to be there at one at one p.m. and then you're sitting in a waiting room and together with some other like parents. Um, 
our parents to be actually <laughs> and then they come like uh, the nurses come and she's like uh, uh, the c-section of uh, 1 p.m please <laughs> and it was pretty like we were at a supermarket uh, and you have a ticket <laughs> you're waiting in line but anyway it's 1 p.m you know we're there you know you the nurse asks asks us to to join her and then i actually had one if i'm not mistaken at, at one 39 she was actually born so it was only 39 minutes and then wow. our daughter was there but but that half an hour it was like pretty hectic with you know doctors and nurses rushing in rushing out you know i was making actually i was making images myself so i was photographing <laughs> all right cool yeah um but um so it was like a big rush you know and, and then she's there and then she gets weighed and measured and all the other little i don't know um things they have to check um and then normally i think in a like a, a natural birth as well you know the the baby um does like kind of a skinning like skin to skin oh yeah mother yeah. but um you know in this case uh you know it was surgery so they had to um close the wound um, so the father has to do it, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that was, uh, you know, it, it's like a big rush, and then the nurse takes me to a different room, and, you know, you have to sit there, and she hands you your daughter, you know, and she's undercover, and then the nurse leaves, and then all of a sudden, you, you come out of the whole rush, and then you're sitting alone in a room, with a new life under under the cover and like yeah and then you're sitting there for 20 minutes and it was like it was a, it was you know that feeling it, it was first of all the strangest thing because you know as a father you don't have um like it's a, the first tactile contact you have with with your new baby like it, it, if you're a mother and you're carrying a child, I think you have more connection during the whole nine months. But as a father, you know, you, you just, you know, it's, it's the first connection. And and uh, everything turns quiet and you're sitting there and it's like, it was, yeah, I, I cannot explain it differently than it was just magic. And then you start talking to her and, you know, how you will take care of her and, you know, what you wish for her or whatever. And then all she wants to do is like, get to your nipples and drink. <laughs> but, but no, it's not that, it's not that nipple <laughs> person. But anyway, to, um, to make a, a, like a small confession, it's, it's not, it's something that, you know, at the time I was, I was, I kind of was convinced it was maybe a small belief that human nature and, and like human character is like, it had bad intentions you know if you if you look around you in the world if you look to the news you know 90 mm -hmm. percent of the news is about violence and anger and people yeah. suffering suffering caused by i don't know other people wanting power or misusing power mm. so i kind of had like yeah human race is bad you know <laughs> you have a bad character but then if you know, if your baby is, is, is lying there and you see like, it's just, you feel that it's just new life is just so pure and that, you know, it can't be, you know, it can't have bad character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, oh, was, man. 
it was it was very you know very intense um but um but yeah it also realized it made me also realize the importance of you know nurture via um nature discussion oh, yeah. you know mm. and even now our daughter is like she's she's growing up and she's two and a half years old and you know it astonishes me a little bit how you can um influence a human you know the, the 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 development of a human being you know by just little things you know how you say little things yeah it's yeah like i don't know if you you know she's now two two and a half so you have to say no a lot because <laughs> she's trying to find her limits and boundaries and stuff but you no know, instead of saying you know if you count the amount of times you say no to a child on a day you know it's <laughs> it's it's a lot and and it a also, few. <laughs> yeah a few times but you know if you think about the word no and how you prohibit the little baby of or or kid like doing her thing or experiencing or developing a character you know you can you can say it differently instead of saying no you can just don't use the word no and just try to explain why and and how right. i think that you know it 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 it, it changes you know, it has an effect on how how your character and how a human develops to, you know. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. man, well, that, that's beautiful, though. And that would be a lovely um, time to live over again, that, that yeah. 20 minutes of the oh, whole birth. Is beautiful. You know, it's like complete <laughs> silence, complete, like, the closed off of the, of the world. And just, you, yeah, it's it was a magical, yeah, magical feeling. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. That's cool. Um, actually leads me on to a good question as well. well how do you find the balance of, of you know of being a dad now and, and being a wedding photographer and kind of general work-life balance yeah yeah we started off in a in, <laughs> in a rocky path in the beginning because our daughter was born like mid-july <laughs> so right, if, you, yeah. if you're talking about uh, the height of the wedding season it could be <laughs> around that that period so it was badly timed <laughs> but uh, uh so you know it was a rough couple of first months um but i learned from that and um 2018 was still a bit rocky but um i i i i turned you know i turned around my schedule in 2019 and i um i kind of did a uh an 80 20 analysis What's, what's it called? Pareto analysis. Um, and I kind of lined up all the, um, like 80% of the type of jobs or, or, or assignments that, that, you know, that bring me actually 80% of my income. Um, and I kind of ditched all the little assignments that didn't really, you know, had a high return on investment of my time. Um, and, you know, that cleared... You know, because I used to take on not everything, but like 90, 95% of the jobs, inquiries, I just did because I wanted to shoot and I wanted to help people out and it earned money. So why won't you do it? Mm. But now I realize that's not really the right way to um, to approach um, filling up your schedule. Um, and I kind of um, limited my, you know, all the kind of things I, all the services I do to to wedding photography, I limited to around fifteen to twenty weddings a year. Right. Um, then I, I I fill up my schedule with with um, corporate jobs, like commercial photography that I can do during the weekdays, so it it won't 
um, eat up more of my um, quality time with my family in the weekend. Um, the last bit, I I um, I fill up with giving workshops and mentoring sessions because that's something that I like to do as well. Um, and it's uh, yeah, and that's kind of um, the way I I try to balance um, you know the the volume of work. I do in a year, uh, and it and, and frees up time to pick up my daughter at 5 p.m. at daycare. You know, she's going to school next week, so oh, wow. <laughs> school school ends at 3:45 p.m. If I'm not mistaken, so um, let's see how it works. But um, no, and then at 5 p.m., I, I I it's just you know full focus on 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 family until around 8:30. Um, and either I, you know, um, do some sports then, or I spend some quality time with, uh, with my girlfriend or I work if I really have something, uh, a deadline to catch, um, I can still do some work, but I make sure that the family time between those periods, like, um, it's like, it's, it's, it's a holy, <laughs> it's a holy, um, it's a holy thing. So, I uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's, that's kind of uh, that kind of balanced the whole uh, my work life balance. Uh, it kind of balanced everything out. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. It sounds like you've got it sorted. Um, and I know, so, so so I know you're happy for me to talk about this. So I'm not just dropping it on you mid interview. <laughs> um, but in your own words, um, you said you went through a harsh depression in the period yeah. from mid eighteen to mid nineteen. Um, but yeah. mid nineteen was a turning point, and you've grown so much from mm-hmm. it. Can you can you tell us about that? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> uh, no, it was um, indeed. No, it was um, it was. A, um, a difficult time, um, and I'm actually happy to talk about it, um, just because it's such a, I, I feel it's still such a taboo. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're, um, if you're physically hurt or you're sick or you're in a hospital and, you know, people are concerned and they're like, okay, you know, how are you, um, you know, how are you being treated? You know, what's your treatment? You know, will you will you pull through? Whatever. But if they know you're mentally like suffering or sick or whatever, you know, people look at it more differently, and they're like, oh, you know, is it contagious? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm still friends, and like people immediately immediately see you as as I think as a as a weak person, you know. Right. Um, and while it's such a common thing, um, you know, I, I read an article, I think last week that, uh, for example, in Belgium, one out of three persons will, um, will experience like mental problems throughout his life at right, a certain, wow. point, you know, it's one out of three. <laughs> wow. so, um, and, and one out of, to be more specific, you know, one out of, what was it? One out of six, one out of seven. Will actually go through a depression, so yeah, it's, right. it's a it's more common than than you might think. But mm. people are still somewhat like hesitant to 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 be open about it, and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about it as well. Um, sure. Because you know, there's a there's a there's 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 a there's a difference in perception. Um, people 
um, see you as maybe a successful photographer, you know, in general, like if you see people um, winning awards, you know, having a decent amount of work, I don't know, asked to talk on conferences, you know, you can be seen as a su successful photographer. And also, in, in, for example, in my personal life, you know, I have a good bunch of friends, you know, you're doing a job which is kind of your passion. So people think, oh, you're so lucky. And, mm -hmm. But like, if, if I can talk, you know, in my case, when I looked at the mirror, I just saw someone who was just not good enough. You know, I, 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 was, I had low self-esteem, low self-value. So mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference in perception. Um, um sometimes how how your reality is and how people perceive you mm -hmm. and for example um you know to to <laughs> to emphasize or like um give an example about that contradiction or or that contrast is like in the mid i don't know march 2019 i was um i was asked to talk on bodaev um, oh, yeah. in in spain and oh, it's a it's a very nice conference you know and it's one of the biggest audiences i i, I was you know i stood in front it was like fi 500 people wow yeah um, so you know it's uh, it was it was quite a an a, a adrenaline rush um but you know I'm, i was standing there talking in front of 500 people and while like actually i just wanted to crawl into bed and and hide on under a cover and oh man oh you know, it's it was it was you know I pulled through you know I just put on my happy face and you know went on with the show but it was it was a it was I think one of the most difficult things I had to do until now <laughs> and big oh, wow, yeah. moment and then you know it's such a big contrast of people like thinking you know you're 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 there you're on a stage blah 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 but in the end you just want to be alone in bed and just sleep <laughs> oh yeah. It was very difficult, uh, and you know, um, one of the biggest things of ending up in in that moment, um, like depression kind of phase, uh, it was like, like I said, low low self value, but just being too hard on myself, you know, yeah. trying to over over analyzing everything. I used to be an engineer, so I analyze everything, but okay, yeah. yeah analyzing everything trying to be perfect to everyone like as a photographer as a as a boyfriend as a father as a as a friend and and um i think that 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 was a big you know big reason and so, i think i also believe our our society nowadays doesn't help us in coping with all those little you know um in those relations um because there's like uh, I think we live in a high pressure society, you know. Mm. There's a constant flow of information. Everybody wants to come across as a perfect human being in in our social media. Yeah. So I think that's a, a very heavy burden for some people. Um and not everyone, you know, there are people out there who can cope with it and, and can put it in kind of um in, in perspective. But you know, I couldn't. I was one of those people that that couldn't, and that led up to um, yeah, to to going through a, a difficult time. Um, but yeah, you know, in the end, I, I crawled out of it. I, I don't want to go in too much detail on how and how I came out of it because I, I'm actually I'm, I'm in the middle of of trying to write, write a talk about it because I think it could be very useful to a lot of people. Oh, uh, cool. yeah, definitely. I don't want to, you know give away the narrative too much yeah of course that's why 
but uh, but yeah, it's it's. I came out of it, and in the end, you know, nothing. The world outside of me didn't really change. You know, before that period, blue was blue, green was green, Trump was president, and afterwards, Trump was unfortunately still president. So <laughs> it's nothing really changed, but my perception of life, you know, really really changed a lot, and. Um, in, in that aspect, I think it's um, it's interesting. What I found interesting is how um, there's difference between knowing and realizing something. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, um, but for example, you know, it's it's not because people say that you're a good person. You know, if you feel bad and have low self-esteem or low self-value, you know, it's not because people say you're a good person, you're a good photographer. It's not that you see it this way as well, you know, um, mm. but it's only by going through a process of, of like, you know, knowing something, internalizing it and then making it your own eventually and, and live by it that your whole perception can change. And um, for example, it's not because you know that junk food is bad that you're going to live by not eating junk food anymore. You know, it's, mm. Difference, yeah. and I think that's a very vital difference in also in in the process of, of going changing your perception, um, and you know once you um, once you're mentally better, the next step is just like doing the physical work, um, and 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 I think for me an important moment, although I admit. I think mid-September 2019, actually, a couple of months back. I was 34 at the time. Now I'm 35, much way more mature and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But at 34, I I woke up and it was a stressful, you know, couple of weeks. I I was doing a lot of work and I, I woke up and I was so tired. And I was 34, but I felt like I was... 65 i was (laughs) physically i was like oh no i shouldn't feel this way you know i I should feel fit and 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 i'm not um so i i I knew i had to change but it's also it's always difficult you know there's a a big threshold you have to cross you know to to um to change something like that but then in october i think like it's been three four years that i in october i'm i'm doing sober in october i just stopped drinking alcohol for one month Okay. I did that as well, and it was kind of um, it was a like this year, like this time, it was like a big change for me. Um, and like after two weeks, I was feeling much fitter and, and like sharper, like mentally sharper. And it's not. <laughs> I just want to make clear, I didn't have an alcohol problem. You know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's like uh, it can seem that I was an alcoholic, but I wasn't. Um, I, I just like being a moderate drinker but like i don't know I, I actually didn't drink at home you know some people drink a glass of wine at dinner but i i didn't i was just okay. when i drink alcohol it was also it was always when i was at a social event or outside so out of the seven days in a week i think i didn't drink for three or four days you know uh, so it's not that i really had a problem but still that that that, that moments that that i drank alcohol those were some you know that i don't know Ten consumptions, maybe in in a week, or maybe seven, six, whatever. Um, it had a big impact, and I once um, I kind of, I once read like a book, uh, Power of Habit, and mm-hmm. it it um it's a book 
you know, about habits and, and how to break them. And I read that, you know, you have certain habits in your life in uh, that are keystone habits. If you break those habits and try to change them, they have a big impact, like an avalanche of impact in, on the rest of your life. And I, for me, quitting alcohol was, was that kind of a keystone habit. You know, I had more energy. I, it's because of, I had more because I had more energy, I, I, I went out and, and, and structured my, uh, my exercising more regularly. So when I boxing, swimming more often, and then by doing that, you know, I looked at, I started looking differently at my diet, like what do I eat during a day? Um, and, and, you know, it, it just was an avalanche of, of different things I changed and like a couple of months um, later, right now, right now, I lost around, I think, seven, seven, eight kilos. No way, no way. Uh, yeah, and not by doing, not by living on a strict diet or, or whatever. I just still, you know, I still drink alcohol and still drink junk. Uh, I still eat junk food. Um, McDonald's, including McDonald's. Uh, no, I wasn't. Sorry, I was. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I wasn't really fan of McDonald's ever. Oh, man. No, I'm sorry, but I still <laughs> eat Belgian fries, you know. Oh yeah, Belgian fries. Okay. Belgian fries. I just want to, you know, underline that again. It's Belgian <laughs> fries, not French fries. Um, no, but just not by. I'm not living very strict, you know. I still. I actually, I think, in the month of January, I think I drank one half of a glass of wine, oh, <laughs> so wow. I still do it. But um, actually, it's. I think the biggest change I've made that it's not just like a habit or like something in my routine. I don't drink alcohol because everybody else is doing it or, you know, you just feel like it's social pressure. But, you know, if I drink a glass of alcohol or is that if I eat, I don't know, fries or popcorn when I go to the cinemas, you know, it's a conscious decision. And I think that was a big change in, in how I you know to how I live now if, if I just don't do anything anymore just out of a habit but right. it's always a conscious decision um, so that's also I think my new mantra I don't know if motto in life is like being actually actively conscious and, and consciously active like I actively will think about the decisions I take and I'm also like very aware of being active in life, like um, trying to do different projects, but also trying actively, like literally exercise more. And, you know, I think that's... Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's a great way to be now. I think that's a great mantra, man. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it helps me a lot. You know, I've written it on a, on a, on a little post-it and <laughs> I put it under my computer screen just to remind myself of it, cool. like day in their eye, uh, day in day out. Um, yeah, so yeah, cool. it's uh, it's been an interesting, and I, I think for like one last thing, like one last bit um, in this whole thing is like um, like the biggest difference also m me being you know before mid two thousand eighteen and after mid two thousand nineteen, you know I'm I'm still. I'm still a perfectionist and I still try to excel. Um, but when I, you know, 
before that time I, I tried to excel and try in order to dif uh, like differentiate me from the rest of the pack try to be someone you know try to be someone among you know everyone else and, and, and yeah. stand out but I was focused on everyone else I was just doing it with with keeping one eye on every like what is everybody everybody else doing and I want to be different you know I want to mm. be different than, than them and now I still try to excel and still try to you know um, create high value but it's not anymore because you know, having a focus on everybody else, but just having a focus on myself and just being powered by the joy of of, 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 of the work I do, like enjoying the process and, and not like having the goal in mind, but having the process in mind, enjoying it and out of a certain passion. And I think that's a much healthier approach. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally, man. I think that's a great way of looking at it now. I think that's really positive. And yeah, cool. Oh, thank you so much for talking about that. I think that's that's really interesting, and, yeah. <laughs> and people will find that really useful to listen to. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you think yeah. this mindset, and do you think has it helped you in kind of entering awards? Um, you know, you've won so many awards from so many different associations. Mm -hmm. You know, what for you is a driving factor that keeps you entering them? Mm -hmm. You know. And, and does that disconnect help now? You know, you can feel yeah. less personally attached to images and things. Yeah, I'm. Um, I've always been like, <laughs> I've been a, uh, just you know, in my life, I, I've always loved competition. You know, um, I I I love to com compete, like playing board games or soccer games or whatever. I it it it's like I told you earlier. It it. It kind of pushes me on an edge, and it pressures me. And you know, if if the pressure is there, I'm able to excel. If the pressure is not there, I'm not able to excel in some way. Like when I was studying, you know, my engineering studies, you know, I was postponing all of my work until the last day, and then yeah, I, started, right. <laughs> you know, and I and I, you know, and I had great results, and and um. But I need that pressure to to perform, um, and I think competition for me is something that I therefore also like to do, um, and it also enabled me because everyone, you know, when you start out, you want to uh, you want to differentiate, distinguish yourself from from your peers because you know you need business and yeah. you know you you need to <laughs> you need to shout like here I am. Um, <laughs> And for me, like those awards were like a good a good means um, to do to do this. Um, and um, and 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 so I started out. I think 2014 I was my first full year as a wedding photographer. And I think in 2015 I think I was on the 11th spot of I think fearless photographers. Wow. So it was already you know. <laughs> It was it was quite uh, quite a good result. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. And 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 yeah, it's it like accumulated in 2017. I think I was photographer of the year at the Master of of, of Wedding Photography, and I was in top ten of Fearless. Nice. And I was like, okay, okay, now I made it. Now I'm now <laughs> I'm happy. You know. Um, and I think it was Sitla uh, Sitlali who you also I think interviewed. Yeah. 
she um you know she's she's a friend as well and she told me like you know you have to watch out because um that you don't get caught up in those awards and um because she also had a similar um situation and i was like no no you know i can put myself above all of that you know it i it won't you know it it won't fiddle with my mind and i um i will be able to cope with you know the expectations and, and pressure um but actually i didn't <laughs> all right and, you know it's like like what is success you know how would you describe success uh, you know is it um being able to book a wedding or two weddings or three weddings is it to to win an award and if you win an award maybe you want to win two awards and maybe you want to get in the top 10 then maybe you want to get in the top three maybe you want to be photographer of the year you know you always push your new level or how you perceive success forward and forward and forward um until it's at that level that you know you just um you just you know crash under the pressure that you <laughs> That you put yourself under, and um, that's also one of the reasons, you know, one of the many, many reasons um, that I that I kind of um, that I kind of fall into that uh, into that uh, depression, just right. okay. because of the pressure you put on yourself, like um, to always trying to be perfect in every way, on every level, um, and and you know that's I think is is the 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 other side of the medal of all the, those awards. Um, so, you know, um, it's, I think the, the, like disconnecting the ego from, from, from the photography also puts all those awards into perspective mm. on one hand. Um, and on the other hand, um, you know, it's, I, I, it also enables me to see awards also as a mean to, you know, get to a certain goal in my business uh, for example um, I think that's also one of the things um, I didn't uh, join this is reportage in the beginning um, because um, I didn't know if it was you know a high quality association you know they awards and conferences they pop up like mushrooms <laughs> yeah they're they're everywhere and everybody you know it's you know everybody the organ uh, the ones that organize it, wants to obviously run a business because mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons you do it but you know before i want to join a competition and, and an association i first want to see like what's the quality of 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 the people um that that join it what's the quality of the of that association also what's the mission you know does it have a certain identity and do i want to do I want to identify with that as well? Um, and then the most important thing for me is to see um, does that association or that competition or whatever, does it give something back to the community? You know, right. uh, we, we pay, um, you know, to enter awards and for our uh, membership. But, you know, something has to come back to that community to grow it, to be kind of a learning platform. Um, um, that's why I just chose to, to, um, stop entering at, in, in some competitions because it's just a one way, you know, a one way discussion and, mm -hmm. and 
how I, how I feel it should it should work. Um, and that's why also like with the, this is reportage now. Um, this is the, this round is the first round I, I compete in um just because i see what you're doing with with uh, with the podcasts with the community the facebook group um also um the the the, uh, the aspect of the um stories it's, it's something else and and it really now i noticed and experienced while i was choosing my uh the stuff i wanted to enter that it, it makes you think differently of your own work um, and like it adds, uh, it adds something to to the wedding photography community. And I think that's an important thing that wedding competitions can can give to members and photographers. Um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of answered your question. No, it does definitely. It does man. <laughs> I just like when I start talking. That's that happens a lot to me. I start talking and I don't know where I'm going to end up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Really good. And, and it's great having you part of TIR now. And it's really interesting to hear your thoughts and all that, that kind of thing as well. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Dude, we've just got time. I think just for one more question. Um, so what, what in your opinion makes a good wedding photographer? Mm. Um, it's, I think, um, hmm. Empathy. <laughs> I think that's the first word that comes to mind. It's something that I kind of missed, I think, in the past as well. Um, um, it's something that I've also learned from my from my from my dark period that's behind me now. It's it's something that I uh, that I learned to have as well. Um, but it's also, I think, empathy and being fully client focused. You know. And that's that links to what I, you know, told you earlier about uh, disconnecting the ego from your photographer. Like, you know, in the end of the day, um, you know, you can be as creative as you want to be and win as many awards as you want to award uh, that you can win and speak at conferences and travel around the whole world to shoot weddings. In the end of the day, you have a client that pays you for a service, you know, mm -hmm. and you're there to shoot their wedding and, you know, they choose you for a reason um, and you can have a great connection and that's all good. But in the end of the day, you know, you're there to shoot their story and not to fulfill your dreams and your aspirations and your, um, yeah, just to check your boxes, you know, you have to check theirs as well. And it has to be a mix of both, obviously, you know. Um, but I think that's um, I think that's a very important thing to be able to set your ego aside and, and just work for your client, even if you're tired, even if you're hungry, hangry, maybe. <laughs> know. Um, just keep your client in, in, in mind and work, work, work. Um, yeah, I think that's... Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that's great, man. Really great <laughs> advice. Um, awesome. Oh, man, honestly, Eve, thank you so much. That was brilliant. I don't know. I don't know if it was brilliant because yes. maybe I've said, like, it's it's a one-to-one -one discussion now and I kind of realized, like, ah, oh, maybe 20, 30, 40 other photographers will be listening, maybe hundreds. A lot of more, them. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot hundreds. more, so maybe, it's a bit, <laughs> maybe I talked uh, about things I shouldn't have talked about. But, oh, but, no, I think... I 
that everyone will really appreciate you talking how you how you spoke there and your openness and honestly i think thank you so much for that i think it was brilliant uh, okay you're welcome it really was man and i really love talking <laughs> to you and people yeah and um, if people are listening to this while they're running or editing or uh, in the car head to the site and you'll be able to see lots of examples of eve's work um, there'll be a full transcript there as well um, i'll link to your website as well of course and oh man honestly thank you so much for that honestly i loved it you're welcome alan it was my pleasure um and i'll see you soon when i will i see you in are you coming to dublin to doc day yeah uh, i will be there um cool. yeah. i'll see you to there cheer, uh, to cheer sana in her first uh, ever uh talk, oh, talk yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to hearing her talk yeah. so we're going uh, we're going on a, a road trip with a bunch of other um uh, photographers so it's going to be fun Awesome. I'm looking forward to see you there again. And are you coming to Nine Dots again this year? Uh, yeah, I think I already booked my ticket. So, um, like I said, you know, prepare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again. And um, I'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 17th episode of the This Reportage podcast. Eve was a total pleasure to talk to. So interesting. Hope you enjoyed listening too. Head to thisisreportage.com to see more of Eve's work, including the seven reportage awards that he won in a single round. If you enjoyed the podcast today, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes to be notified when each new weekly episode is ready, bringing you advice, tips and backstories from some of the world's best photographers each week. And if you have a few minutes to give us a review, that will be so massively appreciated. Each review increases the chance of these fab people getting heard by more and more listeners. And if you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts and more. And lastly, if you're heading to Doc Day in Dublin on Tuesday, 18th of Feb 2020, I'll see you there. Doc Day is the unique documentary-focused conference that's held in association with This Is Reportage, and it sold out months and months ago. So excited for it and to see photographers from all over the world there. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Mm-hmm.